Welcome to the third episode of Not the Worst Pastors Podcast. This is James Gomez. And Matt Coyne. And I'm coming to you from Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin. And Matt is... I'm in Little Manton, Michigan. Little Manton. That sounds Nobody so cute. Knows from... Hey, thanks. How many people you Little got Manton. over there? Like, in the town? About two. About 2,000. 2,000. So, yeah. It's, uh, we're, we're uh... We have way more Christmas trees than than people. I guarantee you that. <laughs> Welcome there. To- if you like Christmas trees, Manton is your place. We have. There's a company here that exports about a million Christmas trees a year. That's a whole bunch so of you, Christmas trees. Yeah. So you know, I love it here, James, because <laughs> I love Christmas. Yay! And decorating. You and the girls love Christmas <laughs> all together. Yes, all of us. We. I mean, I mean, you know, we, we, we just, we just take it all in and we start, de- we're those weirdos who start decorating right after Halloween and people, you know, bash us for it, but you know, we don't have many loves in life and decorating for Christmas is one of them. So leave me alone. Okay. Oh, but Hey Matt, you and your family love not just decorating for Christmas. You decorate for all the seasons, don't you? All the holidays. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we don't just stop at Christmas. I mean, we decorate. I mean, Christmas is the big one, but we like to decorate. We're those people, and <laughs> you and the girls. We don't, we don't shy. <laughs> we don't shy away from it. Brittany, Brittany decorates. She's our inside. I decorate the outside, and uh, people always oh. judge me because I start decorating the outside like in no, like October, November. But I don't turn the lights on. They're like, "Hey, it's too early." I'm like, "Listen, I don't want to be up on the roof when there's snow on the roof. Chill." And then they go, oh, that's a good idea. I'm I'm angry already. We haven't even started. (laughs) (laughs) Haven't even started the podcast. And we're nowhere near Christmas, actually. So Yes. Well, Christmas in July. Christmas in July. That's good. Oh, you do that Maybe I should deck. No, we don't do that. We don't do that. (laughs) It can get a little out of control. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Okay. So... Uh, yeah, so I asked you how big your your town was, and we got a booming metropolis in comparison, I suppose, in Sturgeon Bay. Uh, absolutely. 9,500, and then, of yeah. course, as part of Door County, it just explodes over the summer. Yeah. So it's kind I, of, I will be honest. I do, I do not miss that. I do not miss the no. summer insanity. My girls used to, in the summer, they used to go, September. September because they could never play at their playgrounds or anything like that. So, ah, taken over by the visitors, the tourists. I don't, I mean, yes, I don't miss that part of it. I miss the, I miss you and the people there in the area, but not the summers. So, you know, I, I, I am looking forward to come to coming to you to visit you here in August, which by the way, I am excited, and I know James is too, because we will be doing a live. Well, it won't be live, but we'll be recording from the same room for one of our uh, episodes in August. That's oh yeah, when fun. you visit, we can hug. Yeah, uh, we'll yeah, make okay. a loud podcast hug. <laughs> what what does is that, that weird? even mean? I don't, I don't know. know. I say Feels things that weird don't make any sense sometimes. <laughs> no, I mean, we'll have to see. 
Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes as we're navigating ministry, you know, life with people, we hear things that don't make sense and we say things that don't make sense. That's just how things go. But yeah. one thing that we try to make sense of, though, Matt, is these traditions. And we started talking about this uh, yeah. in episode two. And mm-hmm. while it, it it could have maybe seemed like it was a complete episode unto itself, like we we talked about all kinds of traditions with liturgies and hymns and songs, and we touched on seasons a little bit. But one of the things that we wanted to make sure that we talked about on this show is how how that plays out in the life of the congregation. And yes. yeah. I've got I've got people that are in different roles in helping those traditions kind of stay alive, if you will. So like we've got a decorating mm-hmm. committee, an altar guild, and some other people that, you know, occupy different roles. And I mean, those are all fun for our volunteers to to, to take those things on. And, and they, they learn mm-hmm. about what those tra- traditions mean, what different colors in the sanctuary mean. Yeah. And, so yeah. I mean that's that's my situation where the like the colors match the season whether it's Advent or Epiphany season, mm-hmm. uh, Easter, Pentecost, whatever we've got colors for all the seasons. And do you have anything like yeah. that at your church? Uh, we don't have colors. I mean, this past year we decorated uh, for Advent or for Christmas and Advent, and the colors kind of matched my uh, sermon series slides. Uh, so it was kind of like this blue and white, but that was really oh. the only reason because, you know, we just wanted it to kind of all correspond. But then we did the advent wreath, like I said, last episode. So we had the, you know, the, the purples and, you know, the three purple and the, then the pink and the, the, uh, Christ candle. Uh, but yeah, we don't have, I would say color. Now I take that back though, because this past, uh, this past, uh, Easter season during Lent, I did put, uh, the purple uh, over the cross, and then I put uh, the black on Good Friday, and then I put the white on Chris- on Christmas, on Easter morning. Okay. So I guess we did do that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so there are different colors. And when you said the the slides were blue, I mean, that is a, that's the traditional color for Advent and the, um, but in, but in, I didn't different, know that. in different traditions, though. So, I mean, it's a okay. little weird. So candles could be purple or they could be blue mm-hmm. and depending on what they could afford really i guess i don't know yeah. um they but they're all symbolic so i think that there's not like a right or wrong necessarily um mm-hmm. it's kind of just depending on what your tradition and how well you teach or explain what it means you can't just throw the things out there and and um you know not explain what what it's all about otherwise i think that's yeah. just kind of a waste so well yeah and so- someone came up to me and asked why the purple and it opened up an opportunity for me to talk to him why historically and traditionally it's purple and uh you know it, it was a really a few people who have never seen that so that is where i argue trend uh traditions are such a good thing because it opened up conversations that i never would have had if it wasn't for us doing that yeah and i think a good healthy conversation includes like if you if you have a tradition you as pastor matt and mm-hmm. you're like, this is important, and this is why. And if somebody challenges it, you have to be open to maybe saying, all right, maybe that tradition isn't as good as I thought. Maybe it's not as meaningful yeah. to the rest of my people, the rest of the congregation, because that's why, I mean, we serve congregations. We serve the people. Yeah. So any of those traditions really have to have value to the people we serve in the first place. And if they don't, if they don't mean anything, well, maybe that... Yeah, and it goes back... Kick it to the curb. And that goes back to the question last week that I asked of, you know, are we doing it just because we've always done it 
or are we doing it because this hits our mission and our vision of where we feel the Lord's leading us to? So, you know, and I'm even talking about things like, you know, well, we've always had a woman's, we've always had a woman's retreat. Well, there's only three going right now. And I'm going, okay, well, is it <laughs> worth all of that? I'm not saying those three women aren't worth it. I'm saying, could we change it or could we, you know, reframe it to be something that is more effective in reaching our congregation? Yeah. Yeah. I think we need to be constantly reassessing the, or assessing and then reassessing those things. Yes. Um, yeah. So one of the other things that I wanted to touch base on with, again, in how we minister to the congregation um, is in our sermons. So obviously yes. there's the general content that includes, now in my tradition, there's law and gospel. And I think that's probably mm -hmm. true for most people. The mm -hmm. law that is, mm -hmm. serves as a curb, a guide, and a mirror uh, shows us our sin and the gospel shows us our savior. We have some of those mm -hmm. phrases that help us to remember what it's all about. But the sermon itself, sometimes we pick series or sometimes we subject ourselves to a predetermined um, series of scripture readings. In my tradition, that's called a, a lectionary, where mm -hmm. like we decide these are the readings that we're going to have th throughout the year. And then the sermon is based off of one of those. And I think in your tradition, you, you oftentimes put a, ser a series of sermons together based on scripture that you would like to study or the congregation would like to know yeah. something more about. Mm -hmm. Well, real quick, uh, who who comes up with a lectionary each year, like in your senate? Is it or is it all Lutheran Church, or is it is it all Lutheran denomination or your senate that comes up with the lectionary? Great question. So the the lectionary is um, historically it's a three year cycle, and each okay. Sunday is assigned generally like an Old Testament reading, a New Testament reading. And a gospel reading. And okay. there are some seasons where uh, a reading from Acts takes the place of the Old Testament reading or something along those lines. And so in a three-year, like every, so there's like seasons A or cycle A, B, and C. And okay. so then you just kind of rotate through those every three years. But if I were a pastor that didn't want to preach on the same thing, you know, ever, I could basically choose a different passage each of the Sundays for nine straight years and not duplicate any of the, oh, the, okay. the, the scriptures, you know, that I yeah. preached on. So it's a pretty good series yeah. and you cover a lot of different passages that way. Yeah. And see, that's, favorites. <laughs> yeah. And see, that's what I like because uh, again, you're getting more. So for, for me, I think what, what you were asking was, so I am uh, what they call an expository preacher where, you know, we have the expository and the topical when you get to pick your own. Uh, and so it's funny right now I'm going through a topical series, but I usually am an expository preacher, which means I am going, I'm not picking topics I'm picking. So for example, uh, we went through the whole book of Galatians earlier this year. It took 17 weeks, literally word for word. Uh, so it took 17 weeks to go through all six chapters and I'm pulling the truth out, applying it to our lives instead of picking a topic and applying it to our lives, if that makes sense. So Total every, sense. yeah, pass, every pastor is different. Uh, but for me, I have for our congregation, I think that that's what teaches that reaches our congregation the best. Now, some congregations, that won't be the case. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of whatever topic comes from as we go through the book. That's what happens now next year. 
I'm hoping to go through the whole book of John, which I keep joking. If it took me 17 weeks to go through Galatians, it's going to take me about 50 weeks to go through John. So yeah, that sounds like a long haul. (laughs) When I was in my field work, um, education, the, the church I served was abiding savior in South County, uh, St. Louis Mm -hmm. County. And, uh, we went through, uh, the book of acts basically, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, Mm -hmm. week by or chapter by chapter. And that took a that took a fair amount of time too. Uh, it was it was an yeah. interesting interesting study, but um so that's the I, so I wanted to say that the lectionary is generally a three year cycle, but there's also something called the narrative lectionary, which was developed out of Luther Seminary in Saint Paul, and they have a four year cycle on that one. Oh, okay. And they focus on more of the stories that the other revised common lectionary don't they don't touch on it at quite the same way. So, okay. I mean, I, I like to explore some of the, the lesser known sections of scripture sometimes Yes, and just kind of pull that yeah. out. I'm fascinated by that. So yeah. hey, do you like I, to preach on the Old Testament more or the New Testament? That's a good question. Uh, okay. So I would say for my own personal study, the Old Testament, but I think for, yeah. for general application, for the congregation, the New Testament, and the and and I say that because I think, you know, especially people who are new in their walk, the Old Testament can be confusing, which you know, uh, and so when when you're look, when I'm teaching from just so I got I also went through the whole book of Ruth this year, which only took mm-hmm. yes, I was hoping four weeks, it took five because I yapped too much, uh-huh. um, but people were coming up to me saying I never even thought to study Ruth, I just thought it's four chapters, what's the big deal? And when they saw the power behind it. So there, yes, my personal study, but it was so cool to see the light bulbs go on in the congregation and to see how it was applied to our to everyone's lives. So what about you? Sweet. I love I love preaching on the Old Testament. Preaching and yeah. teaching. I just there's there's so much there that I see the okay, again, the congregation doesn't always know the Old Testament like they think they do. Uh, in Correct. Sunday school, they would get, uh, you know, the story of Samson is cleaned up. You know, you don't get, yeah. you don't talk about as many as, as the foreskins nearly as much as one should. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> or, yeah. Or the death part. I mean, we make, we make Samson, Samson come out, you know, looking pretty, pretty decent. Not like the jerk it, that he actually is. And when I was a kid, I thought he was an amazing person. Sure. <laughs> So, Turns yeah. out he's a total, you know, you know, all the things that we might want to say about him, but not on this yeah. podcast. <laughs> and uh, he's just not a good guy. But as adults, you know, exploring this, we can really dig into it and explore and explain just that much more. And so I like making those connections for people. And yeah. I, I, honestly, I feel like that's just that much more relatable to to mm-hmm. have this guy with many shortcomings, not just a couple. Yeah. Like, So we could talk about King David. Well, David was generally a good guy. He was a man after God's own heart and all those kind of good things. And then I just like to lay him to waste with the whole Bathsheba thing. But he still yeah, comes out looking yeah, pretty yeah. good. And he is. He is good. He does a lot of good things. Yeah. But people want to relate to people like David. And then we well, roll out Samson the judge and he's a total jerk. Yeah. Well, and what's the other amazing thing about, again, so just getting done with Ruth, the reason I took five weeks is because the last week I've focused 
a lot on the genealogy of Jesus because I joke nice. with them, you know, talking about Matthew one, where you see the five women and the mm-hmm. genealogy and why that's a big deal. And two of the women were just, let's be honest, we're not stand up women, <laughs> but you look through the whole genealogy of Jesus and we went through, we didn't go, we didn't have enough time, but we kind of went through a few and just said, look how, look at the people that God worked through. He still fulfilled his promise through Jesus, his son, through some terrible people that he could have said, you know what, we're done here. We're done. But you would never see the power. And I've had people come up to me and say, I was reading my devotional and I saw one of the names that you talked about in the, in the, uh, genealogy of jesus and i said yeah isn't that cool so it was just yeah that's another reason i love the old testament because when you pair it with the new testament you miss so much of it it's like you're watching the second part of a movie and you miss the first part and they keep coming back to the first movie and you don't know what they're talking about because you didn't you didn't see it right if that makes sense so i'm a star wars (laughs) fan and i don't know i think you are too but um, yeah there's there's a lot of power in the way that that was rolled out. You know, we we got the original episodes four, five, and six, and yeah. those mm-hmm. were cool. They were great standalone. If we would have never gotten the rest of them, the prequels or the sequels, it we would have been good... fine and been able to live out the rest of our lives. But yeah. once you got the backstory, then you go, oh, that's cool. Even if you don't like the way that George Lucas, you know. Yeah, his script was. Eh, who cares? That's a good way to put it. I never thought of it that way. It's yeah, still that's... super cool. Like I, I yeah. love learning the backstory of all those things, and the Old Testament provides exactly that, and it makes yeah. it helps the New Testament make that much more sense. Yes, so, I agree. So yeah. here's a question for you. Um, yep. While we're on the Bible, we kind of went off on the Bible here, which obviously is a good thing. That's good. So that's good. When a new when a new Christian comes up to you, or I guess anybody in their journey. And they say, the Bible confuses me. I tried to read it Genesis through Revelation. And of course you say, well, no, you don't do that. Maybe not like that. But what do you recommend? Idiot, I, I, why are you it, doing I, that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm always interested to see what people recommend. So what do you recommend if someone's listening saying, okay, I want to read the Bible, but I'm so confused. What would you tell them to start with? Which book? Yeah. So I've had a a few different approaches to that. Um, I have recommended starting with the Gospel of John and just New Testament straight gospel. It's just full of good stuff, uh, super Mm -hmm. readable. And that is, that's a good place to start. But I do like to pair that with the Old Testament. And I wish that I could recommend the whole book of Exodus but because so much is is found like of, of the Christian foundation is found in the Jewish mm-hmm. roots uh, of the Passover and whatnot. But I kind of tell them to stop about oh just after the Ten Commandments or so because you get a lot of repeat and it just kind of gets boggy yeah. after that. But I think the first half of Exodus or so um, is is good reading. It's a narrative. It's a story. It's memorable. Uh, maybe even relatable for some people. And I think those are that's a good that's a good pairing because John tries to uh, to help bridge some of those gaps of understanding yeah. the Old Testament um, for for people today. So I think that's a good pairing. Yeah, I agree. I Yeah, for me, I always, uh, for the most part, I say uh, Leviticus. I just say, read that. No, I'm joking. Yeah, Leviticus. Uh, I'll say... <laughs> Song of Solomon. <laughs> <Start> with, <laughs> I say, start with John. Uh, start with John is is a big place. Uh, I will say to pe- if I know this person, Galatians is always a good place to start. I always recommend no matter where they're at, 
not the whole book. Well, Romans is great, but Romans 12, I always say go there uh, and check out Romans 12 to see how we're to live as Christians. Uh, but yeah, when the Old Testament, I never thought of Exodus. I, I'm glad you said that. I never thought to say there, but I always say, you know, read the Psalms. Um, that's always a good one. Uh, but definitely John, I think that's the best place, but I never thought of Exodus. I'm glad you said that. That's a, well, I think cause it, it makes sense. That's it, it ties it together. And I mean, I, yes, I don't want to yes, ever be yeah. the, the bait and switch guy where I'm like, read the good stuff, you know, read the, yeah. this, this only gospel stuff, because then suddenly yeah. they're going to be challenged by the blood and gore of the old Testament and yeah. the wrath and the difficult passages. So get them into the yeah. difficult passages right away. Tell the story, uh, and connect our roots. Uh, I don't, I think that's got a a lot of value. And, you know, we talked about, we we were trying to talk about traditions and I think that identifying what our roots are is helpful. Like, why do we have the tradition that we do? Well, it's grounded or founded in this, in this event in the the lifetime of our church Mm -hmm. or church body or whatever. And once you understand why you do what you do, it makes a lot more sense. So I think that reading the Gospel of John is fantastic, but connecting it with the the traditions of the Hebrew people makes it all actually make sense. So yeah, that's that's what I would say. Yeah, and and that's what you know. So much there's so much power, as you said, behind that because you don't realize. I think we just think, well, God has been working through generations upon generations for Jesus to come. Yeah, but do you know the power behind it? Do you, do you know do you know how the Israelites time and time again God kept saying I don't think he said it this way, but if it was me I'd be like, "Are you kidding me? Okay, I'll give you another chance. Here we go." <laughs> and uh, but I feel like Jesus had to be like that with the disciples too. Like, "Are you kidding me, guys?" Like, again, I know that's not how they were, but I'm also a a sinful person who Sometimes you're a you sinful know, person all the time. What am I doing on yeah. a podcast with you? <laughs> sorry, I am a sinner. I'm totally. Well, that's all part of the, by the way, you know what? I, I was thinking of that before we came on. I would. So because this is kind of part two of, of our worship traditions, I want to give it away. Another new city catechism. I know that we didn't talk about I do. I have I have a whole box full because I, I like to give them away. <laughs> okay. uh, but I, <laughs> so we didn't talk about catechisms, but what an amazing shameless plug to say, go back and listen to episode two where we talked about catechism. So I am willing to give away two of these new city catechisms. Is that OK with you, James? I'm all right, right with that, me? Matt. Go ahead. <laughs> give away your all silly right. catechism. So, <laughs> so we'll give give these away and you're if you're wondering how do i get how do i get one of the well i'm only giving away one how do i get on the list to possibly get it uh you can text not the worst all one word not the worst to five five four nine eight uh this is also the list that you'll be the first to know what a new episode's coming out and any other fun things that are happening uh and we won't bother you with this so be, I, I will say this very confidently no more than one text a week unless james gets a hold of it and j- i'm joking no more than one te- text nope. a week uh if you're wondering where you can uh listen to us uh as i said last week we're still getting everything up and running i'm hoping by the time you listen to this we are on apple spotify and google Podcasts at the least uh at the least also amazon as well so uh but 
next week we'll be back for episode four already. Right, James? Rolling them out. Four. Wow. Yeah. Four. But before we head out, I always love to give James the opportunity. Any any last words in this yeah, episode? I don't, I don't always have some last words, but I was just thinking about... Like, I know. We want people to follow us on Facebook and on Instagram yes, thank as you. well. Yeah, not at... Yep, at Not The Worst Pastors. Thank you. Uh, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, so thank you for reminding me of that. So you can jump on there. And we'd love to hear from you after you listen to an episode or if there's a if there's something you'd like to hear us talk more about. If you're like, I really like you to talk more about blah, 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 blah. Let us know. And maybe we will do that. Um, we'll at least put it on the list and hopefully we can get to it. Uh, if you have any questions, we're here for you. That's really what we're doing. I know we're not we're not the best pastors I hope we're not the worst pastors, but our number one goal is for us to walk alongside you as we lock, walk alongside one another in our relationship with Christ. That's what we want to be here for. So don't think that you can't reach out to us. You can anytime you want. Yeah. And having so, a discussion, a further discussion about these topics on those uh, social media platforms after the, the podcast rolls out, I'm totally down with that. That'd be cool. Yes. Yes. That That's all part. I mean, that's one of the reasons we did this. So yeah, we'd love to interact with you. So please reach out to us. If it's something personal, send us a private message and uh, we'll definitely get in contact with you to, to talk with you. So uh, is that all we have this week, James? I think that's it, Matt. All right. Well, again, thanks for joining us here on Not the Worst Pastors podcast. I am Matt Coyne alongside... James Gomez. And we will see you back here next week on Not the Worst Pastors podcast. <laughs>